welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Chris. Good day to you. I hope this finds you well. Thank you for tuning in. On the Weather of the Mind podcast, we try to bring practical approaches to emotional health, try to throw together an encouraging show, and coming soon, the Weather of the Mind school, where you can build your own emotional health game plan. Mm-hmm, very exciting things afoot. So today's show is devoted to Einstein, and I want to start with a trivia question just to get our brains popping a little bit. So Einstein's birthday is this week. I'm recording this on March 16th. His birthday was on March 14th. What year was Einstein born? March 14th, what year? Give you five seconds to come up with your best guess. See how close you can get. What year Einstein was born in? Okay, time is up. You have your guess? 1879. How'd you do? If you're within 10 years, thumbs up. If you're within 20 years, you could do better. Beyond that, we got to get you studying more history. (laughs) Okay, so this is the Weather of the Mind episode 99. And I find that very inspiring. I don't know. It was just kind of keep on keep on putting a show after the next one. One step, one step, keep on trying to improve and grow and just the way I approach life as a whole. And you just take it week by week and month by month. And here we are approaching the 100th episode next episode. So I feel pretty excited about that. So I want to just kind of have a little bit of celebration, give thanks, positive vibes episode for the 100th. If you want to contribute anything to the episode, feel free to write in or leave a message on the website. Okay, okay, so let's get into this. This is this is a book review of Walter Isaacson's Einstein. Just a little bit about Walter Isaacson. He is really f- specializes in biographies of innovators. This is the third one I've read by him, and I would endorse them all. I read one on Ben Franklin, Da Vinci, and now Einstein. Uh, He tells a good story that gives you a sense of both the person and the cultural milieu in which they find themselves. And and this is really all you could ask for in a biography. Tell a story, give us a sense of the person and a sense of the culture. Isaacson succeeds in this every time. And there's always questions remaining because I particularly like to know more about the psychology and the family dynamics. And that's not his specialty. His focus is innovation. So if you want to understand how this person was an innovator and also who they learned from and who they influenced, Isaacson really drops you into that space. And yeah, it's great. Most of these biographies, including the Einstein one, are about 500 pages. But I felt like they they read along pretty well and had a a very natural density to them, meaning not too dense. Before we talk about Einstein specifically, I want to just talk a little bit about why I encourage the reading of biographies. And maybe movies are also effective. I'm sure they're some, somewhat effective. Something about um, reading a reading a 500-page biography, for me, is I kind of spend a few weeks with the person, which I like. Movie it almost happens too fast. It's like the appetizer. So movies are great. I love movies. But something about sinking your teeth and spending some time with many, many historical figures. You go to the biography section in the library and just wander around and just see what jumps out of you. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of very fascinating biographies. 
And I'm trying to, I'm going to try to point my favorite ones out to you and during the life of this podcast. Biography is fascinating. The story of a life, a life as it engaged with the randomness of the surroundings, the decisions they made, their goals, their failings, their blind spots, the ups, the downs. So biography, think of biography as, think of the life as a blank canvas. We're all gifted. And biography is this completed painting that we get to now understand. How did this painting get come to be? So Einstein, we're intrigued by Einstein. We're intrigued by Da Vinci. We're intrigued by Ben Franklin. These characters in history that lived lives that were innovative, that helped change society perhaps for the better, that had a good imp- had an influence on society. But we want to know. We want to know a bit. Who, who was this person? Where are they from? How did they become this way? And then what I think biography offers us, every time I'm reading about these fascinating people in history, they all still had their weaknesses. They all still had their blind spots. So it, it humanizes greatness. And perhaps it allows us to decide what elements of our lives do we want to make great. And it also humanizes weakness and normalizes weakness and normalizes struggle and normalizes failure. What you realize with bold people in these biographies is that they had met, they often met with many frustrating failures, personally, professionally, creatively. To dare to do great things is to hit great barriers. I just encourage biographies. If you, I'll give you $5, the $5 challenge. If you read the Einstein biography, no, I can't do that. If you read the Einstein biography and are not inspired or engaged or, or broadened by it, then I will send you five bucks. This is just an expression. I used to do it for real in person, but if I have a lot of people asking for $5, I'm not really set up for that right now. So without further ado, let me share some quotes from the book that elucidate a few main themes. And I hope this allows for a better insight into Einstein. And I hope they might entice you to pick up this biography or another biography. So the main topics, I'm going to share some quotes, give you a sample of what I appreciated from this Einstein biography. Music is the first set of quotes. Encouragement, personality and mysteries, slash befriending the mystery. So let's give you a few little excerpts about music. Einstein's mom was an accomplished pianist, and she really pushed violin lessons for the young Albert. And he would go on to love the violin, and it it became a really big part of his character. And throughout his life, you'd see him carrying around his violin case. A lot of times he'd work through problems while playing music, and he also would very happily play music at social gatherings. So music would, would end up being just an inseparable part of his, his world, his landscape, where he found refuge. And here's another Einstein trivia point. His favorite musician was the composer Mozart. He had two sons, and uh, one of his sons, I'm going to quote from him right now, this is Hans Albert talking about how his dad managed his difficulties through music. 
Whenever he felt that he had come to the end of the road or faced a difficult challenge in his work, he would take refuge in music, and it solved all his difficulties. There's another quote from a, a biographer, Mazowski, about uh, the fundamental aspect of music in Einstein's life. Music, nature, and God became intermingled in him in a complex of feeling, a moral unity, the trace of which never vanished. That's a really potent, potent point there. Music, nature, and God became intermingled in him in a complex of feeling. That really is close to the core of Einstein. Let's move on to encouragement, subtitled Feeding the Gifts, the Curiosity. I think one reason that Einstein succeeded so well in life is he was strongly encouraged. His gifts, his curiosity was, was fed a lot when he was young. So his dad, his uncle, they were engineering minded and problem solvers who do a lot of home experiments on electricity. So he was surrounded by this type of curiosity and this new phenomenon of, of electricity. There is an image that might be the biggest image of this book. It almost is like the image, if you want to remember Einstein in one image, I recommend picturing him as a five-year-old. Because when he was five years old, his dad gave him a gift. And this gift blew his mind and really set his, it really set his mind on a course that he traveled with the rest of his life. When he was five years old, his dad gave him a magnetic compass. And he was just so fascinated by this compass and the fact that this little metal needle responded to this invisible magnetic field. This would fascinate his brain forever. And he, he would spend the last 30 years of his life trying to, add, trying to figure out a unified field theories. The notion of these invisible fields that unifies and connects everything was a huge spiritual and scientific spark to Einstein. And it's fascinating to see that it was very potently present or, or in an early ember at age five. I really find that just awesome. This is why I like the section of an encouragement. I mean, the first section on music, that was encouraging too, starting with the mom encouraging him musically, the dad encouraging him with the compass and engineering. And then... Einstein's family was Jewish, although not very religious, but followed some of the customs. And one of the customs was to host people for Shabbat, for the Sabbath. And they didn't celebrate it on the normal day of the week, but I think on Wednesday or Thursday, they would invite a local med student over to the house. And he, would, he came over for a few years. So anyway, you see this is a cool custom because it, it makes some connections between uh, other people in your, in your social group. But it was also great for young Einstein because this was another uh, intellectual person in his life who he would see week to week. And this medical student would, along with his uncle, these two figures would feed him a lot of math puzzles. And he would solve them and then they'd give him a harder math puzzle. And this allowed him to basically comprehend calculus by age 12. So you see, feeding, feeding the gifts, feeding the curiosity... If, you have, if we know youngsters who are just really show some precocious talents or curiosity, just a real hunger in a field, how do we feed them? How do we encourage them? And I do want to point out that I like to think about rituals and rituals you might have lost that are of value. 
And, and I also want to mention that in biographies, and I might have mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating, in biographies you stumble upon things you don't expect to find. And to just understand that in the 1880s, a Jewish but not very religious family in Germany is still celebrating the, the Shabbat-type rituals, but in their own way, and that encourages them to have an intellectual local medical student come by once a week, which is a beautiful ritual. Students need some family time. Family times need some fresh energy. It makes sense. We should have a stranger, not stranger, we should have something like this in society, some sort of easy dinner guests, low-key, one person, not a whole bunch of people, just if there are people who, we have a lot of people who are individuals in society, they don't have families, and maybe this is a ritual that we we say, huh, that's a, that's a really good ritual they have, that old Judaic ritual, we should, we should consider that. So again, biographies are rich, they teach us things we don't expect, and I know this happens in other books as well, but... I'm a biography freak. What could I say? Okay, moving along. Personality. Personality. Okay, this is an interesting one. I'm always a, very fascinated by people's personality and how it engages in the culture and where they, how that finds their their way in the world via this personality they ha- they are born with slash develop at a young age. So Isaacson, our our host, our our biographer, says he was generally a loner, a tendency he claimed to cherish throughout his life, although his was a special sort of detachment that was interwoven with a relish for camaraderie and intellectual companionship. Isaacson also tells us that if you were to define his character traits, he would be off the charts, incredible ability to systematize to think very elaborately and build systems in his head was a real strength of his. He loved thought experiments. He could go to the theater of the mind for hours and explore. And I think the companionship of music also was a, a unity, a calming unity in that in that world that he, he would go to to try to figure things out and solve physics equations. He had this high ability to systematize, but he had a, a weaker interpersonal ability, a low ability to empath. He did pretty well in his casual, you know, week-to-week or correspondent type of friendships, but throughout his life he did not have enough time and energy to really be a good father to his two sons and to his first wife. I think he was better a uh, husband to his second wife. Here's a few quotes from Isaacson regarding Einstein's personality. Quote, The mix of coolness and warmth produced in Einstein a wry detachment as he floated through the human aspects of the world. Max Born was one of his physics comrades. He said, For all his kindness, sociability, and love of humanity, he was nevertheless totally detached from his environment and the human beings in it. Another thing worth noting is that he was always had a rebel spirit. He always questioned authority as, as a, basically a default vantage. And he had a great quote. He's, he says, To punish me for my contempt of authority, fate has made me an authority myself. I mean, he was able to approach physics in a totally different way and have some incredible breakthroughs by being a rebel outsider. But then when things get proven and he becomes Nobel Prize winner and he becomes the establishment, he seemed less comfortable. 
and perhaps he kind of rebelled again and and resisted quantum mechanics and went off on his own to pursue field theory for the last 30 years of, of his life. And, and honestly, it's worth noting that a lot of his success in life happened in the first 45 years. And his last 30 years was by many considered very fruitless and uh, very he was very stubborn in his pursuit of unified field theory. Let's give you a few more trivia questions. I like years. I like numbers. What year was Einstein's Annus Mirabilis? Annus Mirabilis meaning miracle year. Sometimes we say this for an athlete or a, a thinker or an artist. They had an Annus Mirabilis. Maybe you, when was your Annus Mirabilis? Your miracle year when it all just came together. Boom. Einstein, 1905. That's when he was working in the patent office and he published four huge papers that were quite revolutionary and just really, it was all just started clicking and he just started producing. Now, the other two years that I want to mention in this right now is the year that in 1919, special relativity was tested and proven. And this made him a real international hero and really established him on the scene. In 1922, they gave him the Nobel Prize long after he had already earned it. If you want a few more trivia points, the big physics guy before him was Max Planck, known for Planck's constant. And the big guy after him was Niels Bohr, laid out the fundamentals of quantum mechanics. Two other physics trivia points is Faraday and Maxwell. Faraday discovered the electromagnetic field and Maxwell was able to figure out the math behind the electromagnetic field. So these two people really influenced and fascinated Einstein, Faraday, and Maxwell. Because remember, the electromagnetic field was tremendously fascinating to him. With special relativity, he had great insights into the gravity field. And what he pursued in his final 30 years was to unify these electromagnetic field and the gravity, and the gravity field, which has never been unified. I want to make one more note in his personality, and that is, in many ways, he was very humble. This is an Einstein quote. The cult of the individual personalities is always, in my view, unjustified. It strikes me as unfair and even in bad taste to select a few for boundless admiration, attributing superhuman powers of mind and character to them. The cult of personalities, unjustified. I think he was aware of his weaknesses. Okay, moving right along to our final Einstein category. I hope you have been stimulated by some of Einstein's world and his life. And maybe thinking about checking out some biography. What biography would you like to read? Last section here, mystery. Perhaps befriending the mystery. Quote from Einstein. To me, the most beautiful emotion we can experience is the mysterious. It is the fundamental emotion that stands at the cradle of all true art and science. He who this emotion is a stranger, who can no longer wonder and stand wrapped in awe, is as good as dead, a snuffed out candle. Oh, that's a real, that's a, that's a pretty good banger there, right? I want to read it again. To me, the most beautiful emotion let me editorialize. What's interesting is he talks about the most beautiful emotion we can experience is the mysterious. But what is the emotion there? Because the mysterious is not an emotion. Like he says, 
what, what, curiosity, uh, awe, wonder. Let me read the quote one more time. To me, the most beautiful emotion we can experience is the mysterious. It is the fundamental emotion that stands at the cradle of all true art and science. He who this emotion is a stranger, who can no longer wander and stand wrapped in awe, is as good as dead, a snuffed out candle. Boom. That was worth the price of admission. I think biographies are so valuable because they provide an intimacy. And this intimacy creates a feeling of camaraderie of spirit. You, you get to know these characters throughout history who had very fascinating lives that affected the culture, which affects us. They are kind of like cultural ancestors, or if they're contemporary, they're cultural relatives. We're alive in the same few hundred years as some of these people. And if they're alive 2,000 years ago, if you read in the biography of Caesar Augustus, you're still, you're still connected in some way. A biography is fascinating. And we're all just humans. We're all trying to deal with the mystery. We're all trying to develop a person. We all have these elements. We, these elements we talked about in this podcast are part of all of our lives. Personality, mystery, hopefully music, encouragement. Well, I hope you feel encouraged. And I encourage you to take care of the basics. Make sure you're keeping hydrated. Try to get that pulse up. Think about engaging music and nature this week in a way that just blows fresh fresh air into your spirit. And keep living and learning. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.